You're listening to Let's Talk Purpose Live because who you are is important to what you do and who you are. And now for your host, Lisa Schwartz. Uh, I'm not even sure if we're really on. Are we, we are. Really Music's on? not playing for some reason, so uh, God bless I, like, America. I didn't hear any of our music, any of our intro. <laughs> I was like, what's happening in the back room? We're having all kinds of technical issues yeah. this morning. One of those things. I'm, I'm blinded by the lights right now. <laughs> But look how pretty it looks. I know. Look at this new lighting and new table. I feel like you've gone feminine on us. Taylor Perky, we appreciate you. We love you. it. We love it. We do love it. And we love you, Taylor. Thank you for all that you do. Look at look at the car in oh, the back. So this is his subliminal messages because, you know, I drive a Lexus. He drives a Tesla. And he does not understand why I will not I hate that. Nobody saw that. Oh, I <laughs> sending these messages. Good morning, everybody. If you are with us this morning, give us a wave. Give us a hello. If I can get my Facebook to hook up, I would love to say good morning to you. Here we go. Uh, let us know that you're with us this morning. I'm so excited about today's program. Mm-hmm. We're our first guest. I know our first guest who will be calling, but let's let's keep him secret okay, right now okay, okay. while you tell us about our sponsors. Oh, righty. Innovative Construction Services is our first sponsor. They're a Texas-owned family business providing roofing and various construction needs in the DFW area and beyond. ICS provides service with quality and integrity to each and every customer, knowing it's about so much more than business. Owners Levi and Olivia have been watching God grow this company over the years and are excited knowing the best is yet to come. So give them a call as they'd love the opportunity to serve you with any roofing and construction needs. I wonder if we have our, our thing up. All right. It's just one of those days. It's just one of those days. We can't get the... (laughs) We're sorry, Olivia. We know that you have a really awesome logo, and somewhere we'll find it. And Express Employment Professionals is a staffing company that does their best to bring hope to our communities. They strive hard to find people job opportunities and will work with any company given the chance. So you can find their number and address um, by Google. That's... um, What's her name? Sonia. Sonia Suther. <laughs> Sonia. Awesome. So we appreciate them. Um, obviously, Sonia always uh, sponsors a lot of the conferences that we're doing. Coming up September 10th and 11th is the DYE, the Double Year Empowerment Conference as well. Super excited about that. We're going to be talking about uh, enforcing your God design, but also then once you come into your God design, how to enforce your purpose as well. Stop with the Tesla already. <laughs> Nobody sees that. Just ignore it. Oh. <laughs> He's just distracting me over here on the left. All right, so we have Teddy Barrett is with us this morning. That's my mama. That's your mommy. Uh, good morning, mama. And, of course, Sharon Watts is with us this morning. It shows me that about between 11 and 13 people are watching. But nobody else has said good morning to us, so we're waiting on you. And I'm going to introduce our guest this morning. Um, oh, here we go. Good morning from Amy Sanger. Can't wait for the DYE conference. We're glad to have you this morning. Now, Amy actually knows Brian Holmes. I keep forgetting oh, really? to tell her. I keep forgetting to tell him that we have a mutual. I think everybody knows Amy Sanger. Every time yeah. I talk to somebody, they're like, oh, you know a friend or my cousin or my second cousin or my <laughs> old neighbor or my old neighbor's daughter, and they know Amy Sanger. Everybody knows Amy Sanger. <laughs> she gets around. Yeah. She- <laughs> oh, in a good way. Amy. In a best way, Amy. Uh, in the best way. Crazy 8 Ministries is with us this morning saying good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's running the Crazy Eight <laughs> Ministries wall, you might want to switch back to your personal profile. <laughs> Liz and I are like, what's happening? <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here's our, uh, I just saw our logos coming up from behind. Look, we're like, there's innovative. there we go. There's Innovative Construction Service. Uh, again, Olivia and her husband. Levi. 
Levi Hall. Yes, we appreciate them. And then Express Employment Professional Sonia Southard. We appreciate you as well. All right. So, and now um, Brittany says, haha, Brittany, you're my, or Amy says, you're my favorite. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to introduce our um, guest today, uh, Brian Holmes. Uh, oh, Ooh, here we go. Look, look at that. That is a trip. He is just doing all kinds of fun stuff. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> that was that was Taylor from behind the scenes. That was an interesting. It was like a bad dream, yeah. like a really bad dream. Uh, good morning, Brian. Good morning. Great to be with you guys. I'm I'm just I hate that I'm not there with you because y'all are having way too much fun without me over there. I know. So Taylor, I want you to know when Brian was like, he's gonna send me a Zoom. I was like, look, he'll send you a Zoom, and you'll get in there, and in ten minutes he'll have this thing. This guy's a professional. He'll have everything, and Everything has gone wrong this morning. Not wow. Not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily Taylor's fault. Um, but uh, we have the video ready to go. Also, though. So. Okay. Awesome. We're doing awesome. Good. Um, Brian, I'm going to introduce you on a on a personal level, and then I'll I'll let you kind of introduce yourself professionally. So um, Brian is actually uh, probably three four years now is a li- is my life coach. Um, I think t- 2017 was the first year we really connected and you really came alongside me. And the thing I loved about Brian and one of the reasons why I felt like the Lord led uh, me to him as a life coach is because he was able to kind of capture the perfect balance between um, business verbiage, business ideologies, but also recognizing that we want to approach everything from a spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really difficult combination to find, to find somebody that's like understands the dynamics of ministries, but to the same degree understands the dynamics of um, business as well. And how do they play well together? And I think we spend a lot of time really trying to separate business from ministry and ministry from Mm -hmm. business, but really they are the same thing in so many, so many ways. Um, and so I really appreciated that about Brian. That's kind of my style as a life coach as well. And as a business coach, I, I want to approach everything from a um, spiritual perspective. And I feel like we speak a lot of the language. Um, he's probably a little bit more of an eight on the Enneagram than mm-hmm. I am, um, which I need. Um, so an eight is the challenger. And so he is a little more cutthroat probably even than I am as far as prophetic <laughs> and black and white, but I need that, you know, like I don't, I'm, I don't want to pay somebody to make, make me feel good. I want to pay right. somebody to really help me live better. Right. So, um, Brian, I've, I really appreciate all that you've done for me personally. You've written two books. Um, one that we're going to be talking about today, the ties that bind and then the four, four cornerstones of strategic living. We'll have to have you come back on that. We just recently did a YouTube series on um, soul ties. We're going to play a clip from that in a little bit, Um, but we're going to be talking about soul ties today, and then he and I are going to be doing a series again on the four cornerstones of strategic living, so we'll be recording that probably, I think, in a couple of weeks. Um, We'll have to have you come back on that. All right, I'm going to stop talking, Brian. Tell us a little bit about you and this passion that you have for soul ties. Well, I'll give you the very uh, quick version of a very long, long story. my life really is is quite interesting in that I was raised in a Christian environment, which I, I would assume a number of your listeners probably come from a similar background or are currently, you know, pursuing that life. And I was literally raised in, in and around church services and church ministry. At a very young age, I felt, you know, a sense that God would use us, use me in ministry in some form or fashion. And so I began pursuing that, but uh, but quite younger, like around 11 years old, had a very tragic and very 
difficult thing happened to me as a child that I would wish on no one. And uh, that event really transformed my life. It, it set in motion a number of, of addictions and problems and guilt and shame and, and anger and rage and just self-hatred and what have you. So it was really interesting how uh, Satan kind of kind of introduces himself just as he did in the garden, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. And he he challenges the truth about you by introducing an untruth. And then, you know, being a young child, as I was at 11 years old, I, I believed that truth. I mean, what I didn't know how to process what happened to me. So therefore, I just kind of took that on and it became quite tormenting. And so all the while pursuing a relationship with the Lord, working in church ministry, I began preaching when I was 16 years old, ordained just a year or two after that. And, uh, but yet this other thing was happening in me and around me and, and in my life. And it was just quite a, a difficult thing. So for 22 years or so, uh, I just did incredible ministry, loved, loved God, traveled the world, seeing wonderful things happen. But on a personal level, I was very tormented and very uh, unhealthy spiritually, emotionally, uh, those types of things. Came to a crisis point in about 1999 or so. My dad passed away very unexpectedly and suddenly, and that was a, a bit of a tipping point for me. And uh, the, the year 1999, from March 1 of 99 through the end of that year, uh, I found myself just at the end, quite literally at the end. I, I, I had two little children. You know, one was uh, two or three years old. The other one was the newborn. And had it not been for just the 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 joy and the thought of raising these two beautiful children, uh, I, I might very well have checked out. I was that tormented and that messed up. And so uh, in April of, of 2000, I went into a, uh, a secular program, interestingly enough, that was written by Dr. Phil McGraw and Dr. Joe McGraw, his father. And uh, it was there in that program where I found healing. It wasn't in a church service. It wasn't in a, uh, a church you know, ministry program. And I'm not against those for crying out loud. I've done ministry my whole life. Uh, but God met me through a non-church type event, and quite frankly, I, it saved my life. It saved my marriage, saved my—I believe it saved my ministry, mm -hmm. and uh, and that was the beginning. I, I said all of that to say, in 2000, that was really the beginning of me beginning to understand how God mm -hmm. designed us, created us, and how, quite frankly, the church had done a poor job in addressing. Uh, the soul, the the emotions, the will, the mind, the emotions, the memories, the wounds, the hurts. Mm -hmm. the, the church didn't really want to get their hands dirty. And yeah. so at least the church I grew up in and around. Mm -hmm. And so I began to really seek understanding and seek a revelation and, and knowledge about how can we uh, propose that we are teaching, preaching this wonderful gospel, this too good to be true news. And at the same time, we have people sitting on church pews that are completely broken, yeah. uh, tormented, messed up, hurting, marriages failing, addictions, you know, to the same proportions we see in, in the quote unquote worldly setting. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I went through a gamut of emotions. I went through grieving. I went through anger. I went through disgust. Mm -hmm. I went through, you know, a bit of all of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I came out at the other side of that determined I'm going to do everything I can 
for the rest of my life to bring truth to people that so that they can really deal with these hurts, these pains, and these deals. One of the, the truths that emerged out of that for me and for my wife and for our family was this understanding of soul ties and these mm-hmm. connections we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I love, um, I appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing. I think there's probably a lot of listeners that can connect with having been in that experience where, you know, you're kind of sitting there, you're playing the part, right, that we're asked mm-hmm. to play, whether it's at your office or in the church, wherever it's at, you know, there there's rules that our system kind of puts together for us of this is what it looks like to be accepted. Um, and so a lot of us kind of find ourselves kind of wearing this mask while on the inside we're being tormented. No, I want to come from the I want to come from the perspective that all of us kind of have an understanding because I know part of this teaching is you go into great details on what is the soul, um, mm-hmm. and so I want to kind of I say bypass that. I'm going to show a really short clip here. Um, if you guys are not understanding what is the soul, like I want to go into details of what is the soul. I'm going to encourage you to go to our YouTube series, check out all of those episodes. Um, Taylor, if you want to go ahead and roll that clip real quick, I think this sum- summarizes it pretty well. All right, so watch this now. The spirit is the seed bearer. The soul is the womb. It's the carrier of that word. And so the health and the wellness and the wholeness of the soul in so many ways is going to determine the outcome of what that word's going to produce in your flesh. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at this idea of soul ties, understand this. All soul ties are relational in nature. They have connections to things, people, places, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're relating to something or to someone. However, if there is something unresolved in my soulish arena about my, in my, my case, it was, it was a very tragic thing that happened to me as a kid and all the ramifications that came behind that, I'd never resolved that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there are a lot of people involved along the way over the years and 22 years uh, that I had to go back and mm-hmm. sort out, right? Mm-hmm. Soul tie-wise. But I have to go back and, and, and work with these things and sever the connections, the unhealthy emotional connections I have mm-hmm. with memories, with old events, even with people mm-hmm. that I knew 20 years ago sometimes. I've got to deal with those things in order to be set free, untethered, yeah, or, or mo- remove the anchor, anchor. Mm-hmm. so that I can then move in the set direction sail. that I'm invited. Yeah, and that's it. the thing we're going to be talking about. Soul ties will define in the next session, but the soulish arena is where personal healing really happens. That's the piece we want to work with and, and see you benefit from. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that clip kind of summarizes a little bit of the importance of what takes place in the soul and the importance of really taking time to discover and self-discover what's happening in my soul. Um, so if, if you are listening and you're like, I don't even know what the soul is and, and what is the role of the soul and all of these things, go to the YouTube series. But today we really want to talk about some practical, relevant things that I feel like uh, questions that are probably burning like, uh, not just what is a soul tie, what can I be soul tied to, and how do I know if I have a soul tie? Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the first question, and if if any of you guys are listening and you have questions, really this is your show. We want you to qu- ask the expert. I mean, we have somebody here who has written a book on soul ties. So if you have questions about soul ties, please post your questions. We want you guys to really take the lead of this show. Um, obviously second to the Holy Spirit. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, because I think people might be shocked at the things that we can potentially have a soul tie with versus just a person. So it's a great question. So 
in, in some respect, every soul tie or connection is with uh, an individual or a relationship. Uh, obviously, it's soul to soul in some way. However, uh, if you think about this, like even in a business relationship, uh, this is one that, that comes up quite frequently for me. Uh, if you are in partnership or in some type of contract with uh, a business partner or an affiliate or a JV or something like that, and there is a, an unequally yoked uh, component there where it's not just that they may or may not believe the same you do or whatever, but there's something that's just not compatible there by way of God's plan for your life and what have you. Those, those types of things constitute a soulish connection or a soul tie, as we call it, uh, that actually renders detrimental uh, consequences and outcomes in your life. Uh, another one would be, for example, uh, uh, you, you asked specifically about things that didn't involve people. They kind of all involve people, sure. but let's talk about an institution or a contextual relationship. Right. So uh, I, I know a lot of people that I've ministered to over the last 25 years or so have dealt with unhealthy connections to a specific local church that they were a part of at some point in their life. And even though they long ago disfellowshipped themselves or were disfellowshipped or are disconnected ge geographically and physiologically from attending a church or being a member of the church, the, the emotional and, and even sometimes spiritual ramifications of what went on there, even though they're gone, mm -hmm. they're, those things are still with that person. Right. That is an unhealthy soul tie. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing can be said of, you know, uh, you used to work at a company and while you were working at that particular company, uh, there were certain relationships or things or, or uh, events that took place while there that stuck with you. It, it created mm -hmm. a seed mm -hmm. of guilt, shame, condemnation, whatever. And you are associating unconsciously uh, that shame and guilt with something that happened 20, 15, mm -hmm. 10, whatever years mm -hmm. ago. But you have a soul tie. Your soul is connected to an event or a place or That's a good. context. Yeah. And so even though, so I want to reiterate, in, in some sense, all soul ties involve other sure, people. Sure. But I'm trying to just point out that many of those connections that are haunting us yeah. or are detrimental to us today are are contextualized mm -hmm. via association with a group, a denomination, a church, yeah. a company or whatever. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to, you know, in the counseling world, we talk a lot about trying to personify the message or the emotion so that we can, mm. in some sense, break up with that message. And so, yeah, for example, sure. a spirit of anger or a spirit of rejection, we would say, okay, if rejection was a person, what is he saying to you? Right. And so um, when going back to it's, it always kind of involves being in relationship with it's, it's fair to say you can have an unhealthy soul tie with a spirit of rejection or a spirit Absolutely. of anger. Is that accurate? It is. And in fact, while you're saying that, I'm sitting here thinking uh, you can have an unhealthy soul tie with a specific belief or ideology even. You can, uh, example, uh, I... I <laughs> We're going to get off in the weeds here if we're not careful. That's okay. But, we're, we're good in the weeds. But, but religion specifically is one of the things that I, I see quite often that, that people get so, uh, they're more compliant with and aligned with and yeah. committed to 
a doctrine or a particular line of theology or a, a, a particular denomination or mm-hmm, movement's mm-hmm. Uh, canon of beliefs than they are the God of the scripture himself. I mean, so good. And so we, we literally form a soulish connection, an unhealthy connection with an idea, a belief system, a, an ideology, mm-hmm. a theology, whatever it may be. And so even that can be true. So absolutely, I believe one can form. Here's the thing. You can become so familiar with a tormenting spirit or a, mm. or a spirit of anger or, or condemnation or fear. That was one I really dealt with a lot. You can become so familiar with it that the unhealthy becomes absolutely normal. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a great indication that you have a soulish connection. But what you've done is is you've, you've ultimately adapted or accommodated that lo- for a long enough period mm-hmm. of time that it's become acceptable to you. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we teach as we're walking people through freedom and, and dealing with the soul is sometimes you have to really turn up the volume and, and really truly ask the Lord from an honest heart, mm-hmm. shine the bright light. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need you to shine a light on areas in my heart that I'm unaware of because I've stuffed them away compartmentalize them, but they're there. And then God faithfully brings those to the surface. And then we have to, to manually, if you will, deal with the soul tie, the connection, the, this, this anchor, as you, you call it quite often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have uh, go ahead, Britt. Well, I was just thinking, you know, as we're talking about the unhealthiness of soul ties, I mean, are there healthy soul ties as well as there places? Great where we question. Yeah. So, uh, so I say early on in the book, uh, and by the way, for those that are watching online, this is what it looks like. If you want to go to Amazon, you can grab that. Believe me, I don't make hardly any money on these, but I don't care. I want <laughs> yeah, people to get this. You don't write a book because you want to make money. You do you not write a book because you want to make money. You're welcome for that free tip. You, yeah, you write a book because, and I, by the way, I have a whole seminar on, on publishing a book, so I can do that for you too. But the point is, you don't do it to make money. You do it to to expand a message that you mm-hmm, believe is meaningful good. and helpful. That's real good. And so, but, but uh, in this book, one of the very first... Uh, foundations that I lay is that not all soul ties are bad. God absolutely created and designed us to be connected to people and to mm-hmm. things and to group. Mm-hmm. There, There is this law of association that we talk a lot about in the book that is so important. Law and uh, it's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have a covenantal relationship with my wife. I'm supposed to have a soul tie with my wife. Yeah, that's right? good. That's uh, good. I, I have a covenantal and, 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 uh, you know, fraternal or fatherly relationship with my children. I'm supposed to have a soul tie with my, mm-hmm. I have some, some friendships that I consider covenant relationships, deep relationships that, that I would literally lay down my life for these people. I'm supposed to have a soul tie with those people. So there, there are healthy soul ties. Mm-hmm. And then there, what, what we don't do well, however, is this, is we don't know how to uh, appropriately steward the, cessation of a season when something season has come to an end, or if you have, and this is something we can talk about too. If you have outgrown a particular association and your, your pursuit of the imitation for your life that God's put before you, if you're pursuing that and that causes you to outgrow a relationship, there will come a point when you need to reassess and sometimes even sever the soul tie with a relationship that you still love and care about these people, but you mm-hmm. can't walk with them at the same level. Yeah. So there, there are all these little components we have to think about. That's why I say you've got to, you've got to assess relationships often 
you have to turn up the volume and be self-aware of those that are actually mm-hmm. hurting you, not helping you. And then most of all, you have to be willing to, to do the hard thing, which is to, to say, Lord, by your help, by your strength, I'm going to sever this connection because I recognize this thing has become a detriment to your plan, your purpose in my life. That's good. So good. We have a couple of questions here online. And before I read them, uh, is it true also, though, that even a healthy, what God created to be an appropriate or healthy soul tie, that there can also be areas or spaces and places within those relationships, for example, within Great marriage, question. that is still, you have an, still an un, a place of unhealthiness. Now, are you asking that question or is that a question someone, one of your listeners asked? No, that's what I'm asking. I, I, okay, I fix to say, man, you got some really smart listeners. Oh, there. but wait till you read these <laughs> questions because I'm like, ooh, these are great questions. So that's a great question. So let me give you an example of that one then. For uh, for So um, I could give you an example of, to answer that question in the context of marriage relationship, but let's talk about parental relationship. Okay, this Think is about this. I will always have and should always have a very healthy, godly, wonderful soul connection with my children, and th- they should have that with me. But if I am a an overbearing, controlling, manipulative person or insecure or extremely codependent parent, then as my children reach the stage in their life where they are supposed to go out and make their own life, develop their own identity, mm-hmm. have their own family and what have you, but That's yet good. I am not allowing that mm-hmm. to happen, now what has happened is, is that I have <laughs> what, what should be healthy and what should be good contained within the context of, of a God-designed relationship and soulish connection can be elements that are completely unhealthy and very devastating and very detrimental. And so do you sever the entire connection and just write that person off? Or, or can we actually go in and like a surgeon deal with the unhealthy elements. Yeah, yeah. And I believe it's the latter, not the yeah, first. Yeah. Uh, even if the other person's not willing to change yes. and change their, mm-hmm. I believe that I can deal with in the heavenly dimension. I can deal with how I choose to relate to that mm-hmm. and, and rearrange that, so to speak, to where it doesn't have a detrimental effect on me. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Shameless, same, shameless plug for my book, To Love and to Be Loved, where I talk a lot about times and relationships where that happens and what does it look like to set up healthy boundaries mm. um, that mm-hmm. enforce change within what should be and could be healthy relationships. Okay, Amy Singer is online. She, is, she says, as a business owner, can a client be or become a soul tie? I'm speaking from a major project perspective, i.e. lots of time with that client. How do you maneuver that kind of situation? It's a great question, Amy. Um, so, yeah, th- that's what I was referring Amy, to. Do you remember Amy, Brian? Amy and Joel? Because they know who you are. They went to church with you. You can say no. She won't be offended. Amy and Joel. What's the last name? Sanger. S-E-N-G-E-R. Gosh, I would know their face. Yeah, I'm you so horrible would. with names. That's okay. I, put I know you on I the would. Spot, but I know she's not. Amy, offended. please forgive me. I, <laughs> I know I know you, but I don't remember that I know you. So just let me not know you in this way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back uh, to the question. It's a great question, though. So I, I kind of referred to that a moment ago. In, in business relationships, um, it's it's really interesting because uh, some people teach and and believe very strongly that we should, as Christians, not do business with non-Christians. I think that's goofy. Uh, God designed us and called us to be salt and light. That's Therefore, good. we, I love you know, that. Every, anywhere, everywhere we go, wherever, wherever the sole of our foot touches, we're supposed to do stuff there. However, 
Uh, with that said, uh, I will tell you that there is the propensity and the possibility of having a very unhealthy relationship, even with a client. Uh, so, you know, in, in our world of coaching and consulting, like I do a lot of, uh, I have fired some clients because quite frankly, the emotional, uh, toll that it took on me and, and that the spiritual dynamic involved in that relationship was such that I recognized I probably can do this person a lot of good, or my product might be really great for them, or I might be able to make some really good money with these people. Uh, but this is not healthy for me. The, the benefit that I, I can tabulate over here is not worth what it's costing me in the other column. And I have had to sever some relationships uh, in that sense. So I think it's, it's, it's again, you know, it's interesting. And I, I have no idea, Amy, if this is your situation, but uh, those of us who are entrepreneurs, business owners, we, we are moved by the opportunity to make money. We, we rely on making money via our businesses. And therefore, the prospect of losing revenue because of severing a relationship, there, there's this, uh, if, if we're not really dialed into the kingdom, yeah, we, we can really get sort of wigged out by the possibility of losing money. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to hold on to, out of a fear or a spirit of lack or an orphan mindset, it's really an orphan mindset is what it is. We, we hold on to things that are actually costing us more than we're benefiting from them. So, but yes, the answer to your question is there can be, uh, there, there, there can just be clients and customers you don't want to be associated with. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in maneuvering that kind of situation, what I, what I feel like I hear you saying is, first of all, you don't need to fear that situation. You can remain, oh, no. mean the no. head in that situation. Sometimes I feel like people are like, oh my gosh, I'm in this unhealthy, what, you know, this net. Um, and I think the answer really, again, to reiterate is, is being aware, being willing to set up healthy boundaries and ultimately yeah. being willing to sever that tie. If you feel it's emotionally taking a toll on you and your business. It, emotionally, it could be. And quite frankly, uh, I have an entire chapter in the book on the law of association where I talk about you cannot plow with an ox and an ass together. And there's a scripture there, by the way, in case you haven't ever seen that, it's in the, you got to read the King James to get the word ass in there. But uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of, and by the way, I always use King James when I teach on this because I enjoy saying it. Uh, <laughs> There, but are, there here, are some some words that capture what you're talking about better than uh, others. Listen, it just it just it's a lot better than donkey. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, though. You the, this the principle in that little simple scripture that seems meaningless in the context where it was written is that there there are some relationships that are never going to work. That's true in in you know romantic relationships, mm -hmm. marriage relationships, business relationships, church. I mean, whatever the context is, there there are some cases where there is such an incompatibility and a spiritual dynamic that is never going to mesh. And so the, the scripture says you can't plow with an ox and an ass together. Why? Because the ox in this case is, is given an instruction, given a path to walk. It's going to do its job. Yeah, it's it's going to get to work, stay it's at good. work and do what it's supposed to do. But then the, this other person or this other entity has more of an obdurate, stubborn, uh, fighting, you know, always pulling against sort of a deal. And so you have to be able to discern, you know, am I in a situation with mm -hmm. a client, with a customer, with a business partner, with a whatever, uh, where this is simply never going to change, no matter what I do, mm -hmm. it's just not going to change. Mm -hmm. And, and going back to this may cost me some money today, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. but it's going to save me a tremendous amount of grief and probably benefit me financially over the long term yeah, yeah. if I deal with this now. That's good. And so uh, it's really better to, uh, in those situations, here's how I approach it, Lisa. I say, you know, uh, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and diet yeah, abides alone. That's good. There are some things that I'm okay letting die because I know that by letting that die, mm-hmm. that unhealthy thing, I'm going to receive a better harvest That's on good. the other That's side really of it. I have good. to let it go. Yeah, I love that. I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of times we operate in fear instead of faith. Right? Oh my so gosh, it's an orphan mindset. We, we are so scared of losing. Longer, yeah, fear will keep us longer than we than we ever want to stay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Amy uh, says uh, her maiden name is Boffman. Uh, she said he would know my family from Christ Temple or Heartland Church. Yeah. Yes. Now I know. Okay. She has responded, yes, that is so good. The money isn't worth the forced relationship sometimes. Fear of losing the deal can never be the driving force behind taking on a client when your discernment tells you otherwise. Okay. So, Janae Searles. Let, let me add this real quick. Yes, absolutely. Before you go to the next one. Let me add this for Amy's sake and whoever else might be in a similar situation. Uh, she, when she says that the, the money can't be the driving force, that is so true. You have to know that there's not one single client or customer that you're ever going to have that is your provider. Not That's one. Good. That's good. Mm. Nor are they worth your sanity. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. Janae Searles is with us this morning. Good, na- good morning, Janae. She said, question for you both. Many times in dreams, people feel they are being attacked in the night, but most of what what I have seen is God revealing a spirit on a person they are in, they are connected with or walking in life with. Is this true or the case all the time, uh, um, a spirit, I'm, I'm trying to discern what she's saying, or the case all the time, a spirit or the enemy has to be, has to have the human host. I, I'm not sure I'm understanding what she's asking. Um, I'm not so, sure I'm understanding what you said about what she's asking. I know. <laughs> um, I think she's. I think she's asking. Um, so a lot of times people have dreams uh, that reveal mm-hmm. things about the spirits of people around her. Um, mm-hmm. What would you have to say to that in regard? Does that mean they're necessarily in a soul tie? Is that revel, uh, revelatory of a soul tie? I'm going to kind of interpret your question. I'm sorry, Janae. <laughs> well, so I mean, I'll take a stab at this. I think that you know. Uh, it really depends because some people who are true, and I, I use this very, very carefully, some people who are true intercessors. I know a lot of people that call themselves intercessors yeah, who are not yeah, intercessors. They should never delve into the intercession thing unless Holy Spirit takes them there for a particular purpose in a moment of time. But, yes, and amen. but generally speaking, a person who's a true intercessor, one of the ways that they can really perceive how to pray and what to pray about and how to to uh, to navigate is through dreams. So I I, I think that's valid. Uh, however, I think we have to be very careful when God reveals something or, or when we have a dream about something, it is not our job to, to yes. judge that dream. It yes. is our job to pray for that person so that not necessarily so God reveals more to us about it. In fact, it's my experience that many times God doesn't pull the curtain all the way back for us to see what he's really trying to get. He just needs somebody to pray. That's it. And so I think we have to be careful of that. Now, to, to the latter part of her question, if I understood it, you know, uh, does does that constitute a soul tie? Well, not between the intercessor or the person praying and that person. Uh, but sometimes God can say, look, you know, I, I, I'll give you an idea. I was in a church service one time. This is a totally different, it just came comes to me. So I'm assuming it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was in a church service many, many years ago uh, in, in Irving, Texas. And uh, 
I, I was on the platform. This is after I had gone through some tremendous transformation and healing. So it was like probably 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. And I'm not kidding you. I was leading the service. I was, I was up probably leading worship or emceeing the service or doing something. And I literally watched, this is a large auditorium seated 800 people. I watched two people that did not know each other on opposite sides of the auditorium. I watched their, their soul and their spirit communicate. And, and they, they literally made eye contact and that thing began like bantering back and forth. It was crazy. Mm. And so in that moment, you had a spiritual dynamic going on a spirit, you know, there was a, uh, some would say demonic activity, but there was obviously an agenda that was, that was unfolding, mm. but it was the soul of those two people that connected. Do you know, within a matter of weeks, months, those people were, were, well, let's just say they were connected <laughs> and, uh, and it was, it was a tragic situation or it, 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 a couple of marriages yeah. were messed up through that deal. The point is, is that, uh, uh demonic activity that, that is designed, by the way, to steal, kill, and destroy, always uses a soul. See, Satan and his imps cannot do anything to you without you allowing a gateway or a doorway yes, to be open. Yes, the doorway yes, is the soul. Yes, It is your mind. It is yes. your will. It is your emotions. It is your belief systems. The moment you open that door, now it goes from being demonic. It is demonically influenced, but it is not being demonically demonically carried out it's being carried out by you that's right you. that's right and so it I is it. your your you're being driven by the mm -hmm. hard drive the the things that are driving you which are much more emotional mm -hmm. so to answer your question i think uh you know I don't want to get into, you know, demonic right. spirits and ho human hosts and all that That's kind of thing. Episode. We, we every human <laughs> being has the capacity, okay, to to be tormented or bound or or unhealthily tied in their soulish arena. Yeah. That's the best I can answer that yeah, with. Yeah, I love it. Brittany, you got a question? Yeah, let's um I heard you say earlier, so we can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those places the unhealthy soul yes. ties. Is there any I would say <laughs> for lack of a better term, practical or ways that you can be clued in, in the, in the physical realm that you're in an unhealthy soul tie. Uh, part one of your question is yes, you absolutely uh, can, you know, ask the Holy spirit. And, and frankly, that's, I, I did that. I, I'll do that today. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the season that God began to reveal to me about soulish connections and, and how they worked and how they operated. I probably spent, nearly a year, every day, a part of my prayer time was, Lord, I'm asking you to shine the light. I know there are mm -hmm. things that I've, I've not discovered yet. Have not that I've mm -hmm. covered up so much that I just, I don't know what I don't know. I'm asking you to show me and make me aware, mm -hmm. you know, as I walk through my day to day, if there's something that, you know, use something to trigger my awareness, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I'm telling the Holy spirit's very, he's, he's pretty cool. He's, He's, you know, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone, right? Mm -hmm. He, if you ask him from a sincere heart, he's going to absolutely yeah, show you good. stuff. So that's number one. The second thing um, was about the practical. Now, how did you ask that question again? Is there something like in just in your world, in the physical world, that there'd be something practical or oh. things that you would, that would clue you in? Yeah. Like if you're... somebody's listening and they're kind of asking the question, how do I know if yeah. I'm an unhealthy soul type? Like what's going to okay. be, what mm -hmm. are, you, does that, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, there's like 15 different ways I could answer this because there are different contexts to this, but let's just use uh, maybe the most common one. So let's use maybe uh, 
either a relationship that was sexual in nature or a deeply romantic relationship or a divorce, you know, somebody you used to have a deep romantic relationship with or whatever. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. And I don't think my wife would mind me telling the story because as we were walking this out in 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, we, of course we were sharing everything together because there was so much God was doing in our own marriage, our own lives. Uh, but she came to me one day and she, she said, uh, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, well, what happened? This is just about the time Facebook was coming around. And, uh, and she said, uh, I, I got a note. Of, it might have been, it might have even been uh, MySpace or something that was pre Facebook. I don't know. But she got <laughs> shout some out kind to of MySpace. A, shout out to MySpace. I know. Uh, she got some kind of a notification or something came up on her deal, and she saw uh, the profile of a young guy. I mean, teenage. Well, he's not teenage anymore. Same age as her, but but uh, that she you know, really had a thing for in high school mm-hmm. and he had a thing for her sort of, and he hadn't, she had not thought about him, talked to him, been around him, seen him in eight or 10 years, probably. And she said, Brian, she goes, I'm not kidding you. She goes, because we were asking Holy spirit, show me. And she, she immediately felt old emotions. She mm-hmm. immediately felt Okay. Okay. Like a stirring yeah. sort of, you know, we're all bearing witness and, to that yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, excuse, and so, excuse me while I avoid you know, your, t- your stare. <laughs> and I mean, you think about it from a practical place. I mean, there'd been no interaction, mm-hmm. no contact, no, no anything for, mm-hmm. you know, years yet. There was something that was unresolved. That's a word I use yeah. a lot. It was yeah. unresolved, unreconciled. It was not fully, uh, it was not fully dealt with. Dealt Let's put with, it that uh-huh. way. But yet we we just kind of move on, right? We just move on. Yes. Life is life. We're busy. We do the thing, and we what we don't tend to is our heart. We don't tend to the this soulish arena because in our minds, the absence of contact or geographical proximity constitutes <laughs> everything's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not cool because there's a part of you that is still drawn to that. I'll give you another example of this. Uh, this one's even more intense. And I, I think I might've even shared this. I don't know if I shared this on the YouTube series or not, but, uh, there was a young lady that I dated for four years in high school, mm-hmm. very close to her, very close to her family. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was deep, deep soul ties, you know? Uh, and it would have been, we were both married years later. Now I see her at, at a church conference in San Antonio, Texas, uh, and the first word she says to me when I, when I, she was seated right behind me, I didn't know that, you know, how preachers go turn around, touch three people and tell them, you know, it's good, good to see you in the house of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so I turned around and there's, there's this young lady standing there with her husband and I greet both of them. You know, there was nothing but cordiality and, and kindness, but she goes, I need to talk to you. Just real matter of fact, I'm like, okay, we're in the middle of church. <laughs> and so long story short, the next day we met. And uh, she just came right out and said, do you know what soul ties are? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. She goes, well, I have a very unhealthy one with you, and I'm, I'm really struggling oh, with this. And geez. she went on to tell me that for several years, she had traveled in and out of Dallas four or five, six times a year. And every time she came, she would dial my number. I would answer the phone, and she would hang up. I never thought, I, I didn't know her number, so I, I didn't think anything. I just hung up call. And her intention, every time she came, she wanted to invite me to her hotel. She wanted to seduce me. She wanted to be with me. She went on to tell me that every time she'd ever been with her husband, she was thinking of me. I mean, these are like, I'm, like, I'm going, what the, what? Mm. And, and so 
I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is all going on. So there are practical things that you can know. I'm, I'm saying in her case, yeah. Yeah. she was so deeply torn up when I, I was free. Mm-hmm. I was done. I was out. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, but she, she was so emotionally entangled with mm-hmm. the idea of a relationship with me mm-hmm. that she couldn't have a healthy relationship with her husband, even with her kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, the, those are some really obvious That's indicators good. That's good. in business situations or in church situations. It could, it could show up as conflict. It could show up as uh, stress. It could show up as uh, you know, where, where you, you're in a relationship, things are okay on the surface, but there's always something gnawing at you. Yeah. You're not content. Yeah. You're not happy. It's not okay. It's drawing life from you. I use the yeah. idea of the umbilical cord. It's like a it's like a conduit that's connecting you and the other person. Yeah. And good relationship is supposed to be giving and receiving. But if if all is ever happening is that you're it's taking life from you on some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another indication. This one really people shake their heads and scratch their heads when I say it, but I'm not kidding when I tell you that if you have an unhealthy soul tie with a person who has a spirit of poverty on them, mm-hmm. say you're going to be struggling. You're going to be struggling with your money. Yeah. Say it for sure. And, and that, that sounds crazy, but I'm telling you every curse, every, every mindset, every limitation that they have accepted it and, and received as normal in their life. You could be 15 years and 1500 miles removed from that relationship until you legally and rightfully deal with the soul tie with that person, it is going to affect your finances. Yeah, It's just the way it is. And that's not to say and, that somebody around you has a spirit of poverty. The spirit of poverty is going to jump on you. Like you're not cursed no. because, but he's keep in mind that he's talking about when you're actually in a unhealthy soul tie with somebody, meaning that's correct. That person has influence in my life. I, that person has effect over my emotions. So just to clarify, because I know a lot of people think, oh, if I'm in the room with somebody who has this, then, oh, I can just feel their demons and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, uh, you, you are covered by the blood of Jesus. So (laughs) unless you going back to that mindset, unless you really come into agreement with a lot of the things and allow that person to really influence and have in some regard, headship or authority in your life, yep. um, that's where that unhealthy soul tie can really take hold. Is that accurate? I, that's right. And that's a great clarification. I mean, listen, I, I am, I'm strongly opposed to the idea that demons can just jump on a Christian uh, uh, or a believer. Uh, yeah, thank it you ain't for saying happen. that. Yes. Not if you uh, walk But, but when Jesus. you have a soulish connection, a legitimate soulish connection, how, how are those formed? Well, they're formed through years of deep relationship. Yes. They can be formed through covenants or vows that you make to them. Yes. Uh, they, they, you know, what you think to be innocent words that you speak are recognized in mm-hmm. the heavens as mm-hmm. contracts and vows. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, you, you just, there are things that we do unwittingly that, that yoke us to uh, people who do not believe the same, you know, there's a scripture that says, do not be unequally yoked together yes. with unbelievers. And I, you know, I've heard that taught the old traditional way that, you know, a Christian shouldn't marry an unchristian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here, here's the deal. Uh, I, if I am in a business relationship, a marriage relationship, a church relationship or whatever, if I'm in any type of connection where the, the trajectory of my life as prescribed by God and the beliefs that I need to hold associated to, with, with the possibility of achieving that, that uh, preferred will of God. If my beliefs and what I am striving towards in my faith 
is not aligned with that person's belief, if they are unbelievers, if they That's unbelieve good. what I believe. That's really good. Then guess what? I, I cannot be yoked with them. I go That's back good. to the ox and the ass. Uh, it, it is an unequal mm-hmm. yoke together. I have to be sure. You know, Jim Rohn says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you take the top five people you spend the most time with, uh, they are creating the average of what your life outcome is going to be. So think about it in the context of soulish connections. Mm-hmm. If you have unhealthy soulish connections with people who don't believe the way you do, don't want it for you as bad as you want it, whatever the case may be, that is diminishing your mm-hmm. capability to arrive at mm-hmm. the the goal. Right. Right. And so we have to deal with relationships on the basis mm-hmm. of what they bring to the table. Right, right. Good and bad. I love that. Okay, we've got, I want to say good morning to Brenda Gammon this morning who's joining us. She's loves, loves, loves this discussion, keeps saying true, really connecting with some of the things that you're saying. Amy has another question for us. She said, let's say a situation with a husband or wife turns into an unhealthy soul tie and needs a separation for a time. If both parties are working towards restoration, what are some factors to consider when trying to decide if that tie has become healthy again? Or is that soul tie needing to be broken and then recommitted again? I see this often in relationships around me, and I'd love to know more about navigating this difficult topic. That is a tough one, Amy. And, and, you know, uh, do I believe just like with parents that the example I gave a while ago about a, a God designed soul tie becoming unhealthy in some of its parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the same can happen in marriage relationships. Um, you know, some examples of that might be, you know, if someone, if, if, if a wife, and I'm not to pick on the ladies here, but if just, just to pick one, if, if a wife becomes uh, deeply involved in and emotionally connected to her work and the, 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 the love and the avarice yeah, towards achievement and climbing the ladder mm-hmm. and success becomes greater than her commitment to her covenant with her husband, mm-hmm. then, then things begin to break down. That's just one example. Yeah. Uh, if a husband, you know, has too many hobbies and is out hanging out with the guys all the time and running his boat and his boat motorcycles and his things and whatever, and, and neglects to care for the heart and the soul of his wife, uh, you know, and, and there's just so many examples I could yeah, bring. To the, yeah. the, the point is when breakdowns begin to happen, I don't know that that necessarily constitutes the breaking down of the healthy soul tie. I just believe that something else has taken precedent over it. That's good. And That's so good. it's, it's more to me, the identification and the elimination of the unhealthy things that mm-hmm. have developed mm-hmm. Uh, around and in place of what God intended. Yeah. Uh, relationships are very dynamic and, and obviously there's, there's seasons in marriages or seasons in families. All these things have to be accounted for, um, navigating a marriage, navigating, raising a family. It's a big freaking deal. Mm-hmm. It's his, I mean, you know, it's just a deal. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe that in seasons we do have to reevaluate and look at not whether or not I'm committed to this relationship necessarily, but how do I adapt to the yeah. season that I'm in yeah. and how do I reaffirm for this season, mm-hmm. my commitment and my covenant and my my whole heart being given yeah. to this person based on what they need today. So it, to me, that's more of a seasonal thing, you know, uh, navigating that. Now, to your question about do I prescribe separation? 
I, I, I'm going to say it depends. And, and I guess Lisa can clean this up after me. It depends. <laughs> I have prescribed separation to yeah. a number of married couples yes. uh, over my counseling years. Yes. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that's always the right thing. Right. Uh, I think, you know, you have to be very careful because that could invite or create a situation where you've opened the door a little bit for temptation to come in or yes. for whatever to come in. Cause mm -hmm. there has to be some really clear parameters about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, generally speaking, I want to see a couple get counseling, get help. And, and specifically I want to see them uh, do some work with maybe a mediator or a counselor to investigate what has developed around yeah. our relationship yeah. that is actually weighing us down. You know, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Paul said, we talk about, you know, setting aside the sin. Mm. He said every weight and the sin that That's doth so easily beset weight. us. Mm -hmm. And so some things are not necessarily sinful. Mm -hmm. Some things are simply unnecessary weights that we've picked up along the way that are weighing us down. They are, mm -hmm. they are a detriment to the health of a relationship and mm -hmm. we needed to shed them period yeah. in the story. That's good. Uh, she's responded, oh, this is so helpful, and has given some fire emojis for you as well. Um, oh, man, okay. I, I, yeah, I'm on fire. You're on fire. <laughs> I, should, I should tell my wife this. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was connecting in regard to even just Brad and I. Personally, there was a season where we were like, look, there's some unhealthy patterns that we have developed. And when we decided, ooh, we don't really like this about us. Like, this is not our favorite mm -hmm. communication style. What we really discovered was a lot of those patterns were developed because each of us had, for, for lack of a better term, an unhealthy soul time with an idea, a tie with an ideology or a, some kind of sure. a belief. For him, it was a fear of loving wholly, um, like completely as in wholly, completely, like really just being all in. And for me, it was a fear of being loved completely, which mm -hmm. imagine how the enemy spun that, right? Funny how that works. Yeah. Huh? And so, you know, so we developed these patterns where we kind of were disconnected. We stayed, you know, intimately, we were very connected, obviously with six, six kids, but we, for lack of a better term, we had a really great sex life. Right. And mm -hmm. we functioned really well as, as like business partners, but emotionally we really, had a hard time connecting because of those messages that both of us were in relationship with. I was in relationship with, I'm afraid to be loved completely because it's very vulnerable. And how can I trust this person? And he was afraid to love completely because it's very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And how can I trust this person? Because of honestly, soul ties we had in our past, there were layers yeah. of soul yeah. ties from past relationships to the message or the spirit that that left us with um, that had to be broken in order to change those patterns. So I really connected with what you said and really appreciated that as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to reiterate, Brittany, you asked a question last night. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the one and done? Can you ask that question? This is going to have to be our last question and we got to wrap it up for today. Yeah. Um, so obviously I know you talked about in the YouTube series about breaking the soul ties um, once we break a soul tie, is there any way that it can like reattach? Um, and like we would have to do it again, or is it like I've broken it, it's done? That's a great question. So I'm going to give you a very blunt answer. Okay. Here's my ruthless blunt answer. Cause I was told a while ago that apparently I'm more ruthless than Lisa. <laughs> uh, uh, here, here's the thing. When a person comes before the Lord to transact any business. And in this case, we talk about, you know, filing new papers in the heavens to cancel one arrangement and to replace it with a healthy one. Mm -hmm. uh, when we do that honestly, sincerely, and from a, a broken, contrite heart and a place of, of true integrity, I believe it's done. Mm -hmm. 
Can it come back? Yes, but here's the only way I believe it can. If you extend it an invitation yeah, and you open the door. That's really good. If 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 you weren't you see anybody can pray the prayer. Mm-hmm. Anybody can can, you know, confess Jesus as their Lord and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean you're going to be free of anything. Uh, it, saying the words, that's irrelevant, really, unless your heart, your true heart, your deepest part of mm-hmm. you is connected to the words you're saying. Mm-hmm. When a person does it from the deepest part of their heart and they really mean it with all their heart, I believe it's one, it's one and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they choose five years from now to go back to that thing and reopen that door and reconstitute that thing, sure, it can happen. You bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not one of these things you got to like, strive and pray and fast and beg God. And no, it, it's so easy to break a soul tie, to sever it, to, to, mm-hmm. to finalize that whole chapter of your life. It's easy to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just as easy to will yourself to, you know, I want to go see that person again. I want to go see what might happen if I, yeah, I you know, see, I want to scope out their Facebook wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I'm just it, curious. It's, it's really up to you. <laughs> I love that. That's a great answer. So, Brian, if somebody wants to get a hold of your book, what's the best way to get a hold of it? Best way to get the book is just Amazon. Uh, I, I, it's on all the platforms there. Uh, certainly, they can check out our website at brianholmes.com. And uh, just, I, Lisa, I love what you do. I love what your ministry does. I love what your, your for-profit is doing. You, you're making a difference, and I'm just grateful to be a part of this. And thanks for having me on today. Absolutely, Brian. We were glad to have you. And we will definitely have you back. If you guys are interested in learning more about Soul Ties, go to my YouTube channel. Check out the entire playlist. I think there's five episodes that we did. Specifically, the end, if you're like, how do I break these off? He walks you through how to break these off or get a copy of the book. Brittany, as always, it's an honor having you as the co-host. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys, that sums it up for today. But remember, until next time, enforcing purpose, it it starts starts with with you. you.